Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I think it's fair enough to say that you all know my next guest on the show today. She's become a household name, not by choice, but circumstances since the cervical check crisis broke in April 2018. Vicky Phelan has become an inspiration to many who find themselves the victims of a state where there appears to be no accountability. She's recently released a memoir aptly named Overcoming and she's on the line now. Vicky, good afternoon. Hi there, Jerry. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you so much for taking our call. Do you know my mother used to say, you think you know someone? And <laughs> after reading this book, that's how I exactly feel about you. Do you know something? There was a book in you before all this. Do you realise that? Oh, absolutely. It had actually been said to me a few times by uh, some of my friends ever before last year happened. Um so, you know, I remember last year uh, when I was after doing prime time with Miriam O'Callaghan, we were in the green room afterwards uh, chatting, you know, and uh, Miriam asked me a question that a lot of people had asked me up to that point, like, you know, how are you so strong, Vicky? And I said, oh, sure, you know, this isn't the worst thing that has happened to me. And I remember her being gobsmacked and she said, what do you mean this is not the worst thing that's happened to you? And I said, well, you know, there's been this and that, you know, and I went through a couple of the things that have happened between my own accident, my daughter's accident, you know, her being yeah. diagnosed with a rare condition. And she said to me, oh, my God, Vicky, you have to write a book. And I said, yeah, I know. Everyone keeps saying that. She said, no, seriously, you have to write a book. And she kind of said it to me in such a way that she said, look, wouldn't it be lovely for your children? And that was what made me kind of, you know, the push I needed, really, you know, to do it. And one of those many things, which I hope to uh, touch on a few of uh, a few of over the next while. And I'll just quote you on this. You say that postnatal depression was worse than cancer. Yeah, 100 percent. And, uh, you know. I remember watching Magella O'Donnell, Daniel O'Donnell's wife, on the Late Late Show, probably during one of my periods of, you know, really bad depression. And I remember her saying that on the show, and I thought, I remember being taken aback going, Jesus. Because I remember thinking at the time, and this was before I had cancer, um, you know, thinking this was, uh, you know, awful, that I just could not get out of my head. I, that, like anyone who has gone through depression will understand what I'm talking about. At least with cancer, you know, when you're not depressed, you're dealing with physical issues. Um, yes, it's horrible. You know, you have a lot of pain, you, you, you have nausea. Um, and in my situation at the moment, I don't know, you know, how long I have left. But I'll tell you, I take it any day over depression, Jerry, because at least I can function. I'm happy. I'm enjoying my life with my kids and my family and my friends. When you're depressed, 
you just, I literally was going to bed at eight o'clock most nights just to get out of my head, just to sleep uh, because I could not, you know, the thoughts in my head were just constantly racing and really black, you know. So it's 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 an awful, an awful disease, to be honest, really is. And I definitely think for me it was worse than cancer. My word, you've certainly crystallised PND for me listening to you today and I'm sure many others that could never, you know, explain it in the, in the words and context you put it there. But tell me this, how did it, did it pass or how did you get over it? Um, well, no, it doesn't pass. You actually have to deal, and this is the thing that I, I kind of thought like, and so did my mother, you know, my mother thought, Asher, you know, it'll, it'll go eventually and it didn't, uh, Jerry. like, it just got worse and that's what mm. I'd say to people, you know, you think, Asher, it's the baby blues, it's not, if you have really bad postnatal depression, it's not going to go without help and that's what I learned, you know, and the first time it happened, you know, after my first child, it was really bad because I, it's not that I ignored it. I just didn't realize that it was such, a, you know, it was so bad and, and that it wouldn't go away. So I had to address it and I had to go to the doctor and, you know, I tried the medication and it didn't work for me the first time around. I just felt like more of a zombie when I was on the medication. So I came off it, um, but I tried everything. I did exactly what I do with everything in my life. I read up on it and I thought, right, a lot of women and I joined a support group online, which I found fantastic because I couldn't afford counseling um, at the time. And a lot of people are in that boat. Um, and I found a great forum online which where women were sharing their own experiences and saying what worked for them. And that's where I found a lot of advice very useful. So I started running. And running, to be honest, was my saviour. I was literally like Forrest Gump. I was running every day, um, sometimes twice a day if it was really bad. And it definitely helped because the exercise boosts your endorphins, which helps deal with, you know, the, the, your, your balance out your hormones and your, your the serotonin levels, which is what happens with depression. So I did that. I did acupuncture. I had a light box. I bought a light box for light box therapy. Um, I, and I made myself, and this is a hard thing to do when you're depressed, I really forced myself to get out and meet people and go and meet my friends even though I didn't want to because I always felt better afterwards. So, you know, there's, there's lots of things that people can try um, but I have to say the second time round when it came back, I went. I, I had to give in to the medication and try it again because it was quite bad um, after my son was born and uh, the medication, obviously, that was a good few years later, it was much better. There were these new SSRIs, mm. they're called, um, selective serotonin, something or other. Um, and I tried those and I have to say I didn't have the same side effects as I had first time round. And I stayed on the medication for two years and it definitely made a difference that time. Now, I still did the running and I still did all the other stuff, but the medication was much better second time round. Thank you for talking about it, Vicky. And people are probably saying, what are you at, Jerry? She's on for another reason altogether. But this is Mental <laughs> Health Awareness Week. You know no, that anyway. Exactly. Yeah, I do. And, I do. And I yeah. really think we need to talk about these things more. And I particularly think with postnatal depression, a lot of women feel guilty. I mean, I, I know in my, in my case, when my daughter was born, you know, she was born with a rare condition. You know, all of the focus was on her because she was a very sick child. We were up and down to Crumlin every six weeks. I was in the hospital with her locally three times a week. I mean, it was horrendous. But I mean, I had been through a traumatic pregnancy with her. I'd lost an awful lot of weight because I was on a huge amount of medication before she was born. And nobody was looking at me. And I remember thinking, feeling sorry for myself, but at the same time feeling this guilt going, but you know, she's the sick child. Why do I feel like this? But you can't stop those feelings. You know what I mean? If you feel like that, they're valid. And that's often what I say to women. You know, it it is very valid to feel resentment towards your child and uh, feel that, you know, there's a lack of support there for women after they have babies. The support is there for the babies mm. and you have your checkup, but there's no follow-up as to see how women are getting on mentally because it's, you know, it's traumatic. Even a normal pregnancy can be traumatic if you have a lot of stitches afterwards or if you're not feeling quite well after it, you know, and you're sore. It takes a long time for your body to come back. 
And nobody really talks about this stuff, yeah. Gary. So, you know, I, I, I just think if, if we started talking about it more and accept that, you know, it, it's OK not to feel OK after having a baby, I think we'd be a much better uh, for it, you know. I want to mirror what Miriam said to you. Get cracking on that next book. You have it there now. There's no bother. <laughs> Just get away you go. And, 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 and it's assured again to be a, a winner for you. You said something there in the in, in the course of that discussion that links in with, you know, this whole thing with the cervical <laughs> check and you becoming prominent in, in the public domain. You said that you couldn't afford the counselling and roll that on to today and recently for you public versus private scans. You pay privately to be scanned for this cancer and yet there are women still today on the public system that won't be scanned for, what, months? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's it, and that's why I weighed in on that at the weekend because, you know, Jerry, I'm in a situation I can afford to pay for scans. I couldn't before all of this happened, you know, and, and most people can't afford to pay for scans because it's four or five hundred euros. Um, and, you know, some people have private health insurance, which would pay for that, but most people don't. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, if you're in a situation where you're in a, you know, at high risk of recurrence for your particular cancer, you know, you should be getting the, the scans that you, you need. You shouldn't have to be fighting for it, you know, and, and that is because the difference between getting scanned regularly and then picking it up and not getting scanned is what happened to me, really. You know, I mean, I hadn't had a scan for two and a half years by the time my cancer came back and. 2017 and I had no symptoms and I remember well, apart from back pain and I kept continuously I, I looked back at my file just to see you know was I imagining it uh, but it was every appointment I went to it was noted my lower back pain but that was ignored they kept telling me oh shit that's just you know the effects of the radiation treatment I had because I had so much radiation to my pelvic area that that can you know lead to pain yeah. um, but nobody at any point ever thought oh hang on a minute for you know this lady is at high risk of recurrence up to 70% now Jerry and they knew this you know, maybe we should send her for a scan. Do you know what I'm saying? Because my, yes. my cancer travelled up my body. So no matter how many internal exams I was going to have, they would never have felt the tumour because it was after growing further up my body. So, you know, the thing is, you know, if you're at a high risk of recurrence for, for your particular type of cancer, you should be having the scans and you should not have to fight for them. I just endorse 110% everything you you said there. Listen to this message that's just come to me for you. Vicky is my absolute inspiration. It's just come in on WhatsApp. I've just finished her book. I never read books, but I simply couldn't put it down, Jerry. I'm not very religious, so I ask Vicky for guidance every morning. What this country has done to over 200 women is an absolute disgrace. It makes me so mad and angry to think of those unnecessary deaths and suffering for ladies and their families. Vicky, you are our hero, says Michelle Howard. Thank you, Michelle. What a lovely, lovely oh, comment that you, is. Yeah, that is that so is nice. Amazing. You know what, Jerry? It's messages like that that drive me on, to be honest. You know, mm. I mean, I'm doing what I'm doing to help people of this country, normal people like myself. You know, I'm lucky, I know that, that I have a voice and I'm able to use it and I'm good at doing research and I'm good at reading up on stuff. But I know there are people who can't do it. And that's why I do it, Jerry, because there are so many people out there who are struggling and who just don't know where to start with this. So, you know, they're the people I'm doing it for. When you hear what Michelle has to say there in that comment, and I'm sure that reflects an awful lot of people who've uh, seen you on television, are listening to us today and heard you all over the radio. Do, do you hold bitterness in your heart when you think of that scan you had in 2011 and they should have picked up on it and they didn't are you mad as hell with those people 
not anymore. I was I was Jerry for a long time, um, but I suppose in one respect, I wouldn't say that, you know my depression was a blessing in this instance. But I know what that what that does to me. When I start, for example, when my daughter had a really bad accident, uh, you know, six years ago, and she got badly burned. I went to that place. I got so bitter and so angry at the world because this poor child had already had enough. She'd been born with a rare condition. She has a visual impairment and now she's after getting burned and had spent five weeks in hospital and I had to watch her, you know, crying in pain, getting her dressings changed. And I mean, why, what else would you do? Only feel bitterness and, and resentment and anger when something like that happens to your child. But the problem with that, Jerry, is that festers. And for me, I went into a really bad place uh, and I went down, you know, I got very badly depressed for about two years after her accident, which I probably think led to my cancer coming back, to be honest, because, you know, there is a link between depression and cancer. I, I've read up a lot about this. Um, so I, I, I can't go there, Jerry. That's the thing, you see. I cannot go back down that road again because, you know, I know what happens if I go into a, a really bad depressive period. It's very hard to come back out again. So for me, I had to channel that anger. And as soon as I started doing things to help other people and talking about this last year, I felt so much better. You know, it's the only way I can describe it is helping other people has helped me not to become bitter. And Amelia, you mentioned there, of course, you were told at one stage, am I right here in saying this, that she may not be compatible with life even. And you went ahead and right through the pregnancy and look at this bundle of joy was born. Exactly. Yeah, no, that that, that, that happened when I, we had to have... I had to have an amniocentesis when I was pregnant with her because they needed to find out whether or not this rare condition that I had contracted called toxoplasmosis was after passing into the baby. Because if it had passed into the baby through the amniotic fluid, well then, you know, they'd have to put me on this very strong medication and they didn't want to do that unless she was definitely infected. So when I had the amniocentesis, they found out that yes, you know, unfortunately it had passed in and, you know, she was uh, you know, getting uh, uh, attacked by this parasite. Um, so I had to go on the medication. But while I was having this uh, amniocentesis, you know, I remember the consultant saying that, um, you know, well, he basically he kind of said, well, if you lived in the UK, you know, you could consider a termination. And I said, well, I don't live in the UK and I'm not considering a termination. At that stage, I was 30 weeks pregnant. And I remember looking at him going like, are you telling me that this child is not compatible with life? Is that what you're telling me? That, you know, when she's born, you know, she's not going to survive. And he said, no, 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 no. I'm not. Well, so why? I said to him, why? I was so angry. I said, why would you say something like that? I said, clearly you can see that we're, you know, we came up here. We're trying to do everything we can to, to you know, to save this baby. Why, why would you say something like that? And, and you know, I, I, I just couldn't believe it, you know. Couldn't believe that somebody would say this, you know. And uh, the rest is history. And thank God you have a loving daughter and son, may I say, as well. <clears throat> a couple of things that I, I just can't miss because, you know, time here. It'll just run away from us. And I can talk to you all day, to be honest with you. <clears throat> but here's the thing. A couple of things I wanted to ask you. Do you have confidence in cervical check? What do you say to women listening today? Um, we're getting there. That's what I would say to people today, Jerry. Uh, we still have a long way to go. But I mean, you know, one of the reasons I'm still, you know, working on this is because, I, you know, I have a 14 year old daughter. She's just had her HPV vaccine last year when, when she was in first year. You know, the, the problem with cervical cancer is it, it, it can be hereditary. So, you know, the likelihood is that she could be at high risk of, of developing it because I've had it. So, I mean, I have an absolute vested interest in making sure that this program is foolproof and that it is the best program that we can have. Because, you know, Jerry, also in my condition, I may not be here to see my daughter have her smears, you know, because she won't be having smears until she's 25. And I don't know if I'm going to be here at that stage. And that 
there is nothing better, not better, there's nothing that drives me more to make sure that we have a cervical screening program that we can trust than that. You know, I want to make sure that if I'm not going to be here, that my daughter is going to be well looked after. That's the reality. And myself and Stephen Teep and Lorraine Walsh, the two other patient advocates who are working on this with me, you know, we are doing an awful lot of work in the background that people don't see. You know, Stephen and Lorraine attend a lot of committee meetings. We do a lot of work in the background on the phones, uh, you know, reading up. And, uh, you know, Gabriel Scally would be in touch with us quite a lot because, you know, the 12 months post his uh, report, you know, he is still heavily involved in making sure that all of his recommendations mm. are implemented. So we're getting there, Jerry, but it's 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 going to be, you know, a, a long a long road. But we are getting there. You know, we are at the point now where we've introduced the HPV vaccine for boys. Um, you know, the waiting times for smears are back up to normal waiting times, thank God. Um, we are working on an issue now with colposcopy because the waiting times for colposcopy where women have symptoms have increased. So we're trying to deal with that at the moment. But we are getting there and, there, you know, we have a new head of cervical check. So, you know, there's a lot of good things that have happened and the HSE, are, in fairness to them, are doing an awful lot of work um, to try and make sure that they meet the uh, recommendations of the Scali report. So we're, we're, we are getting there, but it's going to be another you know, I would say 12 months before we can get to a point where we can say we're happy with it. I, I have to say, just as you mentioned him, Gabriel Scally's report was one of the most defining and monumental reports. We've had many tribunals and reports in the country, but that one is outstanding. How are you? How are you? You're on Pembro. Are you looking beyond that? Is, is there anything beyond that that you can look at, uh, Vicky? Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I have a backup plan. Um, there is another... Uh, trial drug that I can go on if this stops working because you know unfortunately with the Pembro the likelihood is this is not going to cure me um, because uh, when I had my tumours tested uh, for this drug I tested about 65 to 70% positive so what that means is about 25 to 30% of my tumour will not respond to this drug and that kind of seems to have played out because I've had no shrinkage in my tumours since last August. You know, everything is stable at the moment but there hasn't been any more shrinkage and the worry there is that, you know, they will start growing again. Um, So I have to have backup, you know, because if this stops working I need to get on something fairly fast. So I've already been in touch with the the National Institute of Health in Maryland where I was trying to get on a clinical trial before and there's now a new drug that they are trialling at the moment, which I would be eligible for. And I've been speaking to the oncologist. So, you know, if this stops working, I could be on that drug within two weeks. So unfortunately, it would mean I'd have to go to the States. But, you know, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it. But, you know, I do have a backup. And it's it, for me, it's important to have that backup because it's a very scary place when you don't know if there's anything else that you can do, you know. Of course, I wish you well with that. Just before we finish up, I mentioned in the introduction no accountability uh, in mm. this country uh, on the state's behalf. Do you feel you've still been failed by the state and the other women in that, you know, the tribunal hasn't happened, uh, cases still need to be taken rather than, you know, ex gratia payments being made? Well, the ex gratia payments have been made. So and they're done. Women actually, yes, they are done. Uh, For a, everyone? A large majority, well, a large majority of the group okay. yeah, have, have, yeah, so that is happening. Okay. The tribunal still has to be established. That still hasn't happened. And, I, you know, we're waiting to see what the outcome of the Supreme Court decision in Ruth Morrissey's case is going to be, I think, before that seems to be what's happening, you know, that, that the tribunal will probably be established after that rules. Um, but yes, Jerry, we are a long way off being... Um, 
given answers and, and given accountability. And unfortunately, in this country, we don't do accountability. And until legislation is put in place in this country to make public servants accountable, that is going to continue to be the case. Because, you know, I've worked in the public sector all my life. I know exactly the way this works, um, even though it's in a different domain in education. You know, there are people who are permanent, you know, positions and they can't be fired or left go because of that. So we need to, you know, if we want to make changes across the board in this country to make people more accountable in positions of authority, particularly in areas like health where, you know, it's life and death matters we're talking about. You know, we need to introduce legislation to make people more accountable. And until that happens, this, these scandals are going to keep happening. It's as simple as that. I didn't get a chance to touch on, you know, France and your love affair with France and Christophe, who was your first love who lost his life there and you were involved in a horrific accident over there as well that you could easily have lost your life with. But you know why I didn't touch on it? Because I want people to get the book. I want you to go <laughs> out and get this book and buy it. You heard what Michelle said. There's lots of comment coming to us from loads of listeners. Keep it coming to us. 086-1800-658. I wanted to read a couple of these to you just before you go so as you'll understand. Sure. No, that'd be lovely. Thank in, you. In, in the northeast, how we feel about you. Jerry Vicky Phelan is one of the greatest women in Irish history. She stood up for herself and many others and I wish her well. It's amazing listening mm. to her today. Uh, Mary's on from Dundalk well good God fair play to you Vicky may God bless you always hi Jerry. as a man says Mark I am always in awe of the resilience of women but Vicky is a shining beacon and an inspiration to all of us I wish her nothing but health and happiness and Amanda oh, from Retholt I'm only getting to a fraction of these says what an inspiration Vicky Feeling. you are so open you are so honest thanks Jerry, for having her on your wonderful show thanks indeed for that lovely comment there Amanda and so on and so on they go may I say from my own personal point of view from a distance I've admired you so much and it's been a real pleasure to talk to you one to one on my show this afternoon Vicky uh, thank you, Jerry. It's so nice to talk to you. I love doing the regional radio shows because, you know why? Because it, it is the normal Irish Joe Soaps and Jane Soaps of the country who I am doing this for because, you know, I'm just a normal mother. People think I'm, you know, this you know amazing woman. I'm not. You know, I'm just after bringing my son home from school, getting him ready now to go out the door for Gaelic football. And, you know, that, you know, they're the important things in this in this life, you know what I mean, to be able to do the normal things and for me to be able to help other women and other families to, to get a quality of life, particularly with this type of cancer and to get accountability and to get answers. You know, that's what it means to me, you know, to, to be able to live my life and, and do the normal things with my children. And I know how much that means to everybody. May you live it for a long, long time to come. The book is called Overcoming by Vicky Phelan. It's available right round the country now in bookshops. Go get it. It's a wonderful, wonderful read. Vicky, thank you for Thanks, taking Jerry. time today to talk Thanks to me. Thanks very much. Thank you. Not at all. God bless you. Take care now. Vicky Phelan, they're speaking to us on Late Lunch this afternoon. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.